Welcome to track number 11 of Make Yourself Saviors of Men. Father, we are grateful for this opportunity. Guide us by your mighty spirit into all truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Welcome to the final day of our Hamatan Bible Seminar. glad that we are on our own campus. No one is telling us we have to pay extra to rent for tomorrow. Or that we have to leave. Or that we have to leave by 5 p.m. We should leave by tomorrow we have to go or something or we are making noise that's a blessing and as the school is developing we are going to be able to have more people you know when the new side is finished soon, like everybody who came would be able to stay on campus for their camp. And that side has more dormitory-like facilities, so it's almost free. It's very cheap to stay there. Every time we come and we, we meet, somebody spoils the door handle, toilet is spoiled, this is spoiled, water is spoiled, light. There. So there's nothing free in that sense. Just to even let it be as it was, it costs something. So not even to build something, but to just stay as it was when it was built. It, has, it costs money. Yeah. It can cost, let's say, 20,000 CDs after we finish and we are going just to correct everything that we have spoiled. So that's how it is. So you may think that things are expensive or there's whatever, but until you yourself are doing something, you, you will never know limited. There was a company called you may never know limited. And they, they went for a loan. <laughs> and uh, they couldn't, they never paid back. And it really affected the bank. So the people were challenging the manager that how can you give a loan to a company called you may never know limited. <laughs> so, that's how I heard that story. It's a true story. 
you don't know that I know things. All right. Now, the Great Commission. Make yourselves saviors of men. Now, the vision of twos to attempt great things and to have two million members, isn't it? And how many churches? 20,000 churches. And how many pastors? 20,000 pastors. And what else? How many buildings? 2,000 buildings. Yes. Put it up and let's see. 200, how many bishops? 200 bishops. You see, in, in our church, the bishop in particular is not a title. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, 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 it's um, I don't know how to, it's a function, eh? It means, it means something. Yes. So it's not just uh, giving. And also, we don't have the policy of once a bishop, you are always a bishop. So, that's why the number of bishops' vision is so, is so small. You would have thought that it should be whatever, but it's not as simple as that. So, make yourself saviors of men will lead to 2 million members and 20,000 pastors. Amen. Amen. It will lead to 20,000 churches and at least 2,000 buildings. Yeah. Because we have churches in classrooms, under trees, in canteens, cafeterias, that we have to build a lot of buildings in order to fulfill this great commission. We are hoping to soon be able to scrap this vision of tools because it's like it's like we've passed that stage. Yeah. We've passed the stage of looking for 22s. We may have to move to the vision of sevens. Hallelujah. So, yesterday I was saying something that I think in John 21, Jesus asked Peter, do you agapao me? Huh? Is it not interesting that he used different words? How many were surprised when I... That's the teaching anointing. That's what I'm saying that... <laughs> 
it shows the anointing. You are surprised. You are awed. You are astonished. Yes. Your preaching will be astonishing from now. Jesus. Because I, I strongly believe that the grace that God placed on me is being given to you. And I showed you the seven or eight ways to know you are anointed. And one of them was the teaching, preaching. And how many were surprised that the spirit of the Lord is upon me. You shall preach, preach, preach. How many were astonished by that one too? We all have the Bible. But that is the sign of the anointing. Yes. That is how your teaching ministry will be from now. You'll be astonishing in your town. Wherever you came from. You'll be very young, but they'll be astonished by When they see you, they will ask you, is it that you have a baby face or you are, you are young? You are actually young. Is it that you have a baby face or you are actually young? Because the words that you'll be speaking, they sound like a 70-year-old man's word. But you look like you are 20-something or 30-something. So they ask, is it that you have a baby face? Or you are actually young? Yes. So, please settle down. In John 21, Jesus said, if you love me, do you love me? Then he said, I love you. You know I love you. He said, feed my lamb. You agape me. Like you love me with God's love. And so on. Then, Peter said, yes. Then he asked him the second time. That's one too. He used the same word. Do you agape me? Like this type of spiritual love. You know, when feelings are not working, you have to resort to agape. So, a lot of marriages start out with filio. And then they, 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 they end with agape. It's like, I love you in spite of everything about you. I love you as God so loved the world of sinners. <laughs> yeah. So, in a sense, agape is high. But in a sense, it's also low. Yes. Because the fact that I have to use agape to love you. I, I love you in spite of everything. You are a wicked person. You are a sinner. You are a liar. You are a thief. But I love you. Hey. You don't cook, but I love you. Don't bath, but I love you. Hey. 
You do your hair like a granite in the house, but I love you. You don't have sex nicely. Your sex is like your sex is like kinky and boiled fish. Instead of fried fish, it's boiled fish. Boiled fish. No salt. A cold, hard kinky from three days ago, hard kinky with a boiled fish. It's still kinky and fish. Every day, that's your excuse. Is it not kinky and fish? So you say, I agape you. Even though you are giving me such a kinky with such a fish. Yeah. Huh? You think I don't notice? One day a young boy I think he was about six years old He told his mother Mommy you think I don't know things I know things (laughs) Hey I know things So Do you agape me? If you do, feed my sheep. Then he changed the last one. Do you feel me like? Do you feel me? Do you have feelings and friendship for me? Like I've died for you. I've done a lot of things for you. I've promoted you, pa. I selected you out of the group. Hey, and even among the apostles, I made you the leader. And then remember what happened in the garden. You said you didn't know me. I pretended that I don't remember that part. <laughs> so after all that, he's asking, do you, do you have, like, has it provoked some feelings in you towards me? And Peter said, it's up to you to decide now. It's not up to Jesus to decide. Now, Jesus gave Peter the one thing that if he did would really help he, Jesus, to feel that his love has not been in vain. If I give my heart to you, what will you do with it? Will you tear it apart? Or will you love me back? There's a song like that. If I give myself to you, will you love me back? Yes. Will you love me back? Where is Danny boy? Yeah. No, but 
But do you understand what Jesus is asking? Like if I, if I give myself to you, if I give my love to you, if I marry you, if I give you my ring, so many boys have slept with you, they didn't give you any ring. So many boys slept with you, they didn't give you any ring. More than 22, they didn't give you a ring. Nobody engaged you. Nobody gave you a ring. Nobody married you. I married you. If I give my heart to you, if I give my name to you, if I give my ring to you, what will you do with it? Will you love me back? That is the question that Jesus was asking Peter. Because Thomas and all those guys were there, but he didn't ask them that. Because Peter is the one who has been shown most love. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, I've been selected. If I give my heart to you, what will you do with it? Sit down. Message from the Lord, Jesus sent me to you. Are you ready to listen? Do you want to hear it? I've got a message from the Lord, Jesus sent me to you. Are you ready to listen? Do you want to hear it? Did I make a mistake when? I called you Should I have chosen another person Or anointed another one Do you hear what he's asking? How many times will I give you dreams and visions And powerful convictions Still you don't obey The reason why I'm asking these questions You take it so lightly You take me so lightly Oh, If I give my life for you Will you give your life for me? And if I die for you Will you die for me? Will you die for me too? If I shed my blood for you What will you do with it? Will you despise my blood? Or will you treasure it? What is the point? What is the point? Of showing so much love When I get so little feedback From the person I love so dearly I want to know if it all means nothing to you Does it mean nothing? What I am saying doesn't touch you Doesn't touch you You don't care about what I care for the reason why I'm asking this question. There's a reason. You take it so lightly. You take it so lightly. You take me so lightly. Whoa. If I give my heart to you, oh, 
Will you give your heart to me? And if I die for you, will you die for me too? If I shed my blood for you, what will you do with it? Will you despise my blood or will you treasure it? If I give my heart to you, yes. If I do it, will you tear it apart? If I give it, and if I give my love for you, tell me, will you love me back? God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten Oh, whoever believes in Jesus Should not perish but have new life And God commended his love toward us Oh, and while we were yet sinners Jesus died on the cross for sinners Oh, the reason why I'm quoting these scriptures it seems you've forgotten all about them. Jesus gave his life for you. Oh, will you give your life for him? Jesus died for you. Will you die for him too? Jesus shed his blood for you. What will you do with it? Will you despise his blood or will you treasure me? If I give my love to you, oh, will you love me back? Oh, yeah. And if I give my heart to you, oh, 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 oh will you tear it apart? attention from you to an appreciative person who will not take my love for granted do you know how long I've been waiting have I waited in vain for nothing it seems like you never really loved me the reason why I'm speaking this way you broke my heart. You took me for granted. If I give my life for you, oh, will you give your life for me? And if I die for you, tell me, will you die for me too? If I shed my blood, my precious blood, what will you do with it? Will you despise my blood or will you treasure me? If I give my life for you, oh, oh, will you give your life for me? Yeah. If I give my heart to you, oh, 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 will you tear it apart? 
If I give my life for you, oh, what will you do with it? If I give my heart to you, what will you do with it? If I share my blood for you, what will you do with it? Will you love me back or will you tear it apart? If I give my heart to you, if I give my heart, if I give my if love, I give my love. You, if I give my life for you, hey. oh, what, what will you do? you do with it? What will you do with it? Yeah, what will you do with it? Now, Jesus is asking that question. And I think the answer will be, Lord, if you give your heart and your love for me, I will feed your sheep. I'll make myself a savior of men. I'll preach the gospel. And I think the love that God has shown us, we need to respond in only one way. Don't use your way. Use his. He's defined it. Alright? Yeah. So, that's what he wants from you. And that is what we are going to do. So now, in my book, The Mega Church, where is that book? I need those three books again. I want to move on to what I call in the book, Retention Evangelism. Retention evangelism. Retention evangelism. Now, the secret of prosperity, once again, both in the church world where our currency is souls, that's our currency. Okay, I must be about my father's business. My father's business, the currency is souls, not money. We don't measure our success by money. We measure our success by souls. Right? So when we talk about God's work, you find out that the principles that lead to increase also work in business and in other Areas, But for us, we are looking at the souls that God has given to us. John chapter 6 and verse 12 says, gather up the fragments, all right? And that nothing may be lost. So Jesus taught a principle of prosperity, of prosperity of the church. Gather up the fragments that remain. That nothing may be lost. People don't gather fragments. And that is why they are living in poverty. Alright? So, if you want to prosper, gather fragments. All businesses that gather fragments are usually successful businesses. John chapter 18 verse 9 Of them which thou gavest me Have I lost none So the principle is 
whatever God gives you, even if it's a fragment, you will not lose any or despise any or consider any as worthy of being lost. Okay? When you have that mind and that attitude, what happens is that you start to increase and you start to prosper both in church and in business and in every way. People who built things or built up their wealth bit by bit, piece by piece, you'll find out that when they are holding 10 CDs or 5 CDs, it is valuable to them. People who just receive large amounts don't value things. That is why it is said that only 2% of people who inherit things are able to retain them and increase because they don't know how to gather. They just received it. But the person who built it up has been gathering things for a long time and then he, uh, he, 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 he saw how it was built up. And that is one of the reasons why more people are made into bishops, especially because to be a bishop, one of the things is you have to build, you have to do so many things, so many responsibilities and so on. Because the more of pastors you can get to, be responsible and know how to prosper in reality, not just inherit buildings and not just inherit positions. In BHS, so I have to be made the bishop of this place. The more you have people who know how to gather things, you get it? Then the more you have people who know how to prosper and value what there is. There is no part of this building that I can't tell you about how it was. Yes, I can show you a picture right now and show you when we're standing here and this whole place was a bare floor and it's a forest and there was a Rasta man who had a, a, a house here. We had to buy the house. There was the land here. The shape of the land is because this one wouldn't sell it at first. Then later he changed his mind and sold I can show you everything, how the columns were made, anything, anything, the tile, who did the tiles, I know the man who did the tiles, where we bought the tiles from, every, every place. Uh, later on, somebody will come and say, oh, he just came, he's, he's using the place, you know, he's just inherited, so you don't know, you don't know how each step came about, and each step is painful, and each step is difficult, and each step, you, you struggle to get the money, you see, so you understand prosperity, See, so when you just receive things, you don't understand prosperity. Are you with me? Yes. And usually, prosperous people, they count small, small, small things. Yes. Yes. In my house, I am the wildest person turning off light. If I'm not in a room, the, the light will never be on. It's not that I, can, I can't pay the electricity bill. But if I'm not there, it will not be on. So the whole house light will be off. Even in the night, outside, I don't, have, I don't put any light on. Yes. And this school, the light goes off at a particular time. 
From a certain point, the lights are off. Sorry. No light from now. Yes. So you should, by then, you should have been in your room. I was in Australia. I was looking at the beautiful Darling Harbour, and suddenly the lights went off. It was midnight. Bah, light off. Everything, the whole Australia, Sydney, the, all the beautiful lights, the harbour, on the, on the bridges and everything. Bah, midnight is off. You don't believe it. It's closed. You don't just put on lights uh, eternally. Eternal light is the sun. You know? Even that one goes off every day. It goes off after 12 hours. Yes. So, what I'm trying to explain to you is that in the church, we need to, we need to develop what is called retention evangelism. Like, you are making yourself a savior of men. You are evangelizing, but you are retaining the people that you are getting. You have to retain everybody. And you have to like everybody. And you don't have to leave your members. Even one member must never be left. I like all my members. And you can see even my northern guys. I won't tell you something I told them yesterday. Because I had a meeting with them. I'm, I'm going somewhere with them. Because if I tell you, you'll be jealous. You know, already some people are trying to move to the northern region. <laughs> yeah. You will see the pictures and then you, you know. But every corner, I like it. And the, the people that are there, and the small boy is there, I like him. Uh, they are very important. If you gather small, small, small like that, you see that it becomes a lot. But when you have pastors, you don't, I don't care. Let him go. You know, let them go. Don't mind them. You have to mind them. And you have to be concerned about the the people. They are very nice people and important. Everybody is is important for you. The small cramps, that's when you add all. That is what becomes big. All businesses that have a lot of money like banks, insurance companies, and so on, they all gather small, small, small amounts from a lot of people. MTN and so on, phone companies, they all take something small from a lot of people. You see, and they add it all together. It becomes, they are the richest organizations. So the richest church in terms of souls will be the church which gathers most, 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 most souls everywhere. That's why we say 20,000 churches because you will become a church as well. Yes, you will become a church as well. And all my members, those who work at banks, lawyers, doctors, uh, politicians, whatever work you do, you all have a church. Everybody has a church. It's like, oh, this, this is a church that uh, you, when you join the church, you have a church also. <laughs> yes, you join the church and become a church. Yeah. You came in empty-handed, but... By the time you are moving out, you see that you've turned into a church. Hallelujah. So, God wants us to retain. Now, what are the main keys for retaining? Number one, follow up. Follow up. 
ministry. Amen. Number two, concentration on retaining. And number three, devotion. Developing devotion. These are the three areas. So number one is um, follow-up ministry. Amen. And then number two, concentration on church work. You get it? We have to concentrate on church work. Okay? So retention evangelism requires focus. Right? I, I just want to deal with this. Why do we talk about focusing on something? Look, how many can see the sun is shining around? Can you see that the sun is working today somehow? There's some kind of sun. And do you know that if you take a magnifying glass, the magnifying glass, the way it is designed, takes the rays that are coming from the sun and directs them, concentrates them into a spot. So you can use the magnifying glass to direct the light coming from the sun onto a piece of paper and the paper will catch fire. Yes. I know things which are written in the book. It's written in the book, Mega Church. I'm telling you what is right. I read it from the book. Yes. So concentration changes your power to a higher power. Mm. The sun is coming, but it's not causing a fire. But you can cause something that looks vague to cause a fire. And the way you cause it to cause a fire is to concentrate it. Concentrate efforts. So we must focus on church work. Focus on ministry. And I'm saying this to everybody. I'm not only saying it to pastors. Of course, of course, how many people here are not pastors? Raise your hand. Most of us here are not pastors, but you'll become pastors soon. Yeah. How many here are pastors? Yes. How many are not pastors? Yes. No. And how many are neither not pastors or pastors? <laughs> well, some of you didn't raise your hand for either of the two. so concentrate rather than being distracted into so many other things let's focus on the work of the ministry focus on it even as a businessman okay my, my, my concern is that the church should work my concern is that the church should work and that is the kind of lay person that we want I have some lay pastors. They are more than bishops. More than, more than bishops. Yes, more than. Because the way they work and the things they do, and the impact they have, and the, 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 the help that it brings is more than even a bishop's work. So, focusing our strength on retaining people is going to increase the fire and the fire power and make the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the church and the power of the preaching 
even more potent. So we, we need to have meetings about church growth. We need to have more meetings and focus on, you know, recently God spoke to me that I'm not serious about the church work, the churches and so on. You know, so when I, when I thought I was, I was thinking about it and I realized that it's true. So I decided that, look, I'm now church, I'm really focusing on the churches. Yes. And doing a lot of things. Because if you analyze yourself, you realize that your efforts are scattered. And you realize that your, your mind, you've not woken up today to think of how to make the church work better and focus on it. Rather than how to get profit. Peter woke up and said, I go fishing. I go a fishing. And what did he get? Nothing. He should have focused on the church work. Rather than trying to do other things which lead to nothing. So, concentration is a master key to retention of the things that we successfully evangelize. Amen. Amen. And what is the second key? Concentration. And the third is devotion. All right? Devotion, which we've spoken about already. Devoted. Acts chapter 2, 42, we are devoted to the apostles' teachings in the NIV. The NIV says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, and they devoted themselves to fellowship. They devoted themselves to breaking of bread and to prayer. So the more you you become focused on my teachings as the apostle. The, I'm telling you, the more you give yourself to it, because you can see, I'm preaching to a mega. Well, I'm preaching to a mega church. Everybody has it. If you were to take the book and be focused on what is in the book, you you will see the effect that it will have. But we are not focused on. Oh, I'm reading this here. I'm reading an encyclopedia. I've read Encyclopedia Britannica. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. But the, the teaching that is in the house, you are not focused on it. Yes, you are not focused on it. You are not. You are not. You are not devoted to my teachings. My teachings on church planting, my teachings on church growth, my teachings on mega church. I'm not focused on it. And that's why you don't see a power which can cause a fire. It's true. Yes. You don't know much. And you don't achieve much. And you are planted in a field which should have given a big bamboo. But you are a small bamboo in a big bamboo field. You want to be in the ministry, you. You see, so God God calls us, God calls us, and he sends us, do you see, and he he gives us something. But it's like, oh, no, that is not what, if Ghana was to focus on, let's say, our gold, because you can see that, I mean, just the villagers, the the people in all the towns, Chinese people, they've come to focus on the gold that is in the country. It is everywhere. But to us, it is nothing. Oil is in the country. Oil has been in the country for a long time. I personally have walked through forests and picked oil from the ground. Oil. It's there. It is all over the country. But we often don't focus on what we have. Yes. And so then we look like, like we are poor. But we are actually not poor. 
Yeah. If you go to Amsterdam, England, any of the countries, but I'm in Amsterdam because I used to fly all the time to Amsterdam. Every time I land, I just look out of the window. And you, you, you'll be landing, you see farms. They've arranged their land. Right up to the, to the wall of the airport. Under the high tension. Everywhere is a farm. But if you drive from here to Cape Coast or from here to whatever, you'll just be driving through bushes. Yes. Bush. Zimbabwe now, if you drive through Zimbabwe, it's all just bush. It has become like Ghana. But when the white people were there, they had farms. You drive to farms, 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 arranged. Irrigation, farm, they were feeding the whole of Africa. So many times, God, God will give you a gift, but it's like it's nothing. You are not devoted to what you have. And I'm preaching to you chapter after chapter from one book that I wrote and that I gave to call the mega church. Yes, I'm, I'm, it's a place that, re, 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 that concentrates. And devotion, devotion to the teachings that we have, devotion to the art of shepherding, and the devotion to the principles of shepherding and looking after God's people, focusing on evangelism, focusing on the word and the books. I didn't write the Bible, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 1. Am I not an apostle? Yes. I'm reading the, the, the Bible. <laughs> Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Then are not you my work in the Lord? Are you not my work? <laughs> Verse 2. If I am not an apostle unto others, doubtless, yea, doubtless, I am to you. If I'm not an apostle to others, that means if I've not been sent to other people, to you, the world, doubtless, I am to you. Why? For the seal. You see, this is the seal. The seal of apostleship. The, the, the final mark and stamp. Sometimes you have a letter, they are looking for the stamp or the seal. That is the confirmation. The confirmation of my apostleship is you in the Lord. Not even that have I seen the Lord, but the confirmation of the apostleship is you. You, your existence is the proof. Yes. You are the seal of my apostleship. Verse 3. My answer to them that examine me. Change the version. And let's see what it says. My defense to those who sit in judgment. Another version. My answer to those who question my authority. My answer to those who question my authority. Verse (laughs) 4. 
Don't we have a right to live in your homes and share your meals? Go back to King James. Have we not the power to eat and drink? Verse 5. We are going up to verse 6. Have we not the power to lead about a wife, a sister, as well as other apostles of the brethren of the Lord and Cephas? Verse 6. Or I am Barnabas. We have not the power to forbear working or to rest. So wife is for rest. Marriage is for rest. So when there's no rest, the devil has come to your house. Because Satan took the madman that he abode not in the house. So Satan wants to take your house away. Yes. So when the house is not a place of rest, it's because Satan has entered. Yes. Now, if you look at verse 3, you see that Paul bore fruit and the fruit was questioning Paul. Yes. Paul bore fruits and the fruits were questioning the bearer of the fruits. Like, like the apples on the tree or the oranges on the tree are questioning the tree. Are you, are you, are you really the tree? I mean, are you really what we should depend on? <laughs> The fruit has a mouth to say something. After a stem, a trunk has grown up into the sky and borne fruits. And the fruits are now questioning the tree about the height of the tree, the branches of the tree, and whether the tree is really doing the right thing and taking the right thing and giving us the right thing. Let's read it from verse 1 again. He said, am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus? Are you not my work? Change the version. Is it not because of my work that you belong to the Lord? Is it not because of my work that you belong to the Lord? Verse 2. Even if others think that I am not an apostle, I certainly am to you. And you, you yourselves are proof that I am the Lord's apostle. You are the proof that I am the Lord's apostle. Now verse 3. This is my answer to those who question my authority. So here we have a paradox. The tree has borne fruits and the fruit are asking the tree whether it's doing the right thing. If the tree had not been there, would you have been formed? Apple, would you have become an apple? Would you have become an orange that people are plucking and people are admiring and people are enjoying you? So I am sharing with you devotion will retain. You must be devoted to the apostles teaching. If you are devoted to the teaching like this, it's a teaching retention. If you are devoted, you will be retaining people. 
Rather than letting people come forward all the time and letting them walk away. Letting them come and just go away. Yes. You instead of just, oh, come, give your life to Christ, whatever. No, you would have been concerned to retain the people. The devil is the one who does not want you to be committed to the apostles' teachings. Yes. The devil. For that I am sure. Amen. Are you still around? You are sure that you are around. Now, I hope that I remember to tell you something that I was going to tell you. Hmm? Right, sit down. Now, The third area is follow up. Follow up. Follow up. So retention is by the follow up ministry. All right. Retention is by the follow up ministry. Retention is by um By what? Concentration and then devotion. Amen. Devotion to what? Acts 2.42. The apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Now, these messages and these books, they are so powerful and they have such an effect. You may not know. In Luke chapter 8, let's look at verse 11 first. It says, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Verse 12. Now, this is, those by the wayside are they that hear, then cometh the devil. And taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. We all know this story. But I want you to underline just a section. Look at this. It says, the devil, then underline the devil, then comes the devil and taketh away the word. Just underline those, that sentence. Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word. So the devil comes to take away the word. He comes to take away the books. Come to take away the messages. Come to take away the makane. Come to take away the teachings. Come to silence those teachings. Come to take away the word. So then cometh the devil. So if you want to know one of the works of the devil is to take away the word. And that is why you see that you have to even emphasize 
something that people in other churches will be dying to get and are so amazed at. But the devil comes into our midst and takes away the very word that is the word of the house. And the people in the church don't have the word. Yes. That's why we even have to institute vision 527. Teaching 527. Status 527. Because it's like Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 527. That I adjure thee. I adjure thee. I charge you. That this epistle should be read by all the brethren. That's where vision 527 comes from. 1 Thessalonians 5.27 says, I charge you, which is the highest form of uh, 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 command he could give. That's the same way that the, 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 uh, the Pharisees told Jesus, I adjure, we adjure thee by God. Are you the son of God? And that's the only time he answered. Because it was a great disrespect to not answer. When they used that, I charge you. Or I adjure thee. Yeah, he couldn't be quiet. He was quiet all the time. But when he said, I adjured you, then he spoke. He said, yes, I am. You said I am. Yeah, you see? And the high priest answered and he said, I adjure thee by the living God that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the son of God. And that is the only time he answered. In the whole trial. Yes. I, I, I read a book written by a lawyer who was explaining the trial. And he said that it was when this happened that Jesus was forced to answer. He was not answering. But when he used that word, he was forced to answer. I adjure thee. And, and the next verse, then Jesus said, thou hast said. Yes. Yeah. So in 1 Thessalonians 5, 27, it was a similar word where he said, I, I, I command you that my book, my letter, what I... This Thessalonians, what I've written should be read in the churches. All the churches. That's why I insist that the pastors will use the books and teach the messages that are there. And not any other message with any other title. Use the same title. So you see, apostles struggle because the people, the fruits that they bear, the apples they bear, the Oranges they bear are questioning whether they are good orange tree. They have good genes. <laughs> Bishop Nasib, is it not mar- marvelous? <laughs> that a tree, you have born the fruit. The fruit is asking the tree whether it's a tree. <laughs> but that's what's happening. So now he has to write and say, I force you. I command you. If you don't take it, I curse you. Yes. That the letter that I wrote, I wrote that epistle. It should be read in the church. And in, in Bishop Oyedepo's church, it's like every five years they repeat, they go over. Yes. This is it's part of the, the policy. That every five years they should restart everything. Rather, outsiders will be looking and saying, wow, our church doesn't have books like that. Our ch- and you see, recently, we had one, one pastor said, we don't have any messages to preach. I mean, not in our church. So there's nothing like that. We don't have, like, how you guys have all these messages and things to learn, outlines, books, this. We don't have all that. So we, there's nothing to sustain anything. 
The messages and the books and the teachings we have can take us for the next 50 years. Over and over and over and over. Yes. Yes. The devil does what? Take the word. Come to the word. Yeah. Tell to take away. There is a work, one of the works of the devil. He doesn't only make you to lie, to steal, to whatever. He comes to take the word. <laughs> Luke 11. Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word. Huh? The church. All those who criticize this in the church are also devils. They are, they are being used by the, in the ministry of the devil, criticizing the use of the word. So the word should be taken away. Yeah. Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word. He come to take away the makane. He come to take away the makarios. Hey! It's amazing. It's a, it's a clear work of the devil. And then cometh the devil and taketh away the word, my goodness. <laughs> this is a work of devils. Me, at first, I used to think devils like temptation, accusation, uh, opposition, fornication, and so on. But there's a clearness he comes to take out. This is a big, it's a big one. Hey. You are astonished, isn't it? How many are astonished that it is a work of the devil? Clear! You take away the word from the church. <laughs> yes. And look at my pastors, Zebila and all of them. They were, they were all telling us they maximize Sunday usage. They are doing a, a, a multiply senior pastors. I mean, they are applying it over there. Where is Michael from Gushegu? Michael, yes. You, you said uh, uh, one. So you, some pastors were asking you whether the, it is working where you are. Yes, please. What, what were they asking you? They He's asking. in Gushegu. Those are the back. I think you are blocking their view. I think you should go and take them on. That they, they, I don't know whether they are serious. I think you should go and take them on. Are they with us? Are you inclining your ear to the messages? Are you with us? Those are those are the back. Are you with us? The, the people feel that they are blocking your view. They are blocking your view. But why don't you stand up and also see? Huh? They are taller than us. They are taller than you. You are feeling the message. I can't sit down, Bishop. You can't sit down. I thought you were sitting down. Yes, Bishop. Okay. Everybody should sit down for the sake of the people at the back. 
Now, come. Yes, don't mention any church's name, but just tell us. He is in Gushegu. Yes. Hello? 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 Sound controller. Hello? 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 Aha, uh-huh, okay. Bishop, there were, a certain pastor came and asked me, does uh, churches work in Gushegu? And I told him, yes. I, I, by then, I've been on the mission field for about three years. So I told him, yes, churches work here. And Sunday, he came to visit the church, and he saw people sitting down. After church, we had meetings. We followed up on people. So, But he, he couldn't survive it. He didn't. And he came there to start a church. Start a church. But he, he, he left the, the town. Yeah. <laughs> and then you said he was asking you whether bishops' books and teachings are working there. He asked me whether these teachings are working here because the, usually there is low uh, education in the north. But I said it's working here. And yeah. he, he came on Sunday and he saw. And are there mosques in the town? Big, big, big mosques that can contain 3,000, 4,000, 1,000. And then smaller, smaller mosques. Yes. But yeah. once. Yeah. And we shouldn't be there. We shouldn't be there. And we shouldn't build. Are you building? Do you have a building? Hello? Yes, Bishop, we have a, a, a foundation with columns. 15 by 30, very big. Yeah. yeah. And you, you've done the columns. You've done the columns. All 18 columns. We are getting to the, we are, the next thing is to do the beams. And the roof. And the roof. Beautiful. Gushegu. He's in Gushegu. Where there are mosques with, they can sit how many? 3,000. Okay. Yes? Like 3,000. Mm. 2,000. Sometimes on Fridays when they, they are having prayers, they block some of the streets. The whole place. Yeah. And Fridays when they go for mocks, the whole town is quiet. Everybody wears white. The, the whole, no, the whole town is quiet because quiet. Like almost everybody has gone. gone. Yeah. That's where we must be. There's a so, church there. There's a church working. Sometimes they come, they, one of the questions people ask, like, what are we doing in the church? It's like, as for us, we are always in church. On, like, Sunday, you know, people after 11, 12, we, uh, people close. And sometimes they want me to come for local culture. And I'm, oh, look, we are doing something. We have a lot to do. And so it's like, what at all are you... you to come and do local council. of church. I mean, and we are meetings and things. So I'm like, no, we have a lot of things to do. On Concentration. <laughs> concentrating on Sundays. Maximize Sunday usage. They want you to come for local council. Council of meetings and things, Bishop. <laughs> on Sunday, like, and they want to have the meeting on Sunday. So I was suggesting that maybe they can, we can have it another day. But Sunday, dear, no. And, and, and all the time, it, it's a problem. With the, me and <laughs> so you see, the books are working in places. Very difficult places. And they built a large part of what they built. They do, use their own money. Yes. To build. You don't even know where it is. It's a place. Yes. Are you happy that the mega church is going everywhere? Yes. Yes. Thank you, Michael. You are blessed. 
are you a graduate from Anakazo? I can't hear you. Hello? 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 Uh-huh. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a graduate of Anakazo Bible and Ministry Training Center. Wow. You were here for how long? I was here for four years. Wow. Properly trained. And I was sent. You were sent? Yes, Bishop. What you a blessing. Me. What a blessing. I was here for four years. And he has been sent to Gushegu. In the north. Yes. Properly trained. Yes. And sent. Yes. Yes. That's the vision of twos. Yes. And he's devoted to the apostles' teachings in Gushegu. It is working there. Wow. Clap for Jesus. You may be seated. How many are learning something? Yes. How many are inspired by the northern, my northern apostles? Yes. You'll be jealous when you see some pictures very soon. I know you'll be jealous. You'll say something, but I won't tell you. It's a, it's a secret. <laughs> yeah. So, Luke 8 verse 12. The devil cometh and taketh away the word. Yeah. Hey. This is one of the works of devils in a church. Uh, the word should be taken away. Take the books out. People shouldn't have the books. And that is why one of the works that should be for a pastor is that every member should have a Macarius. Every member should have the Macane. Every member should have the Poemano podcast. Every It's like it should be a work of a pastor. It's like it's the exact opposite of the work of a devil in a church. Yes, it's something you have to take time to do personally, one by one. Make the things available. Because it's possible to make it available. Yes. And put the word there and let it be there. You see the effect. The Bible says the word of God multiplied, the number of disciples increased. So as the word of God multiplies, the number of disciples increases. So following up concentration and devotion. Now let's look at following up of people. The art of follow up. What is involved in the art of following up people? Number one. Prayer. You must pray for visitors and converts because devils are working on the visitors devils are working on the converts so prayer must go on now look at Galatians chapter 4 verse 19 it says my little children in Galatians 4 19 it says my little children of whom I travail I'm travailing in birth, so I'm praying for you that Christ be formed in you. So you are you are to pray for people. This is the great commission that Christ and the nature of Christ will be formed in, in the people. And Paul said, Look, I'm I'm praying for you, I'm traveling that Christ should be formed in you. 
It's not, you are, you are not a secular counselor. You are not a philosopher. You are not from the psychology department. You are a spiritual person. And your prayers must go up seriously for people. Otherwise, there will be no change. And if you want to see that there will be no change, you may want to marry and you see that in marriage there's very little change. It's a seesaw. What you see is what you saw. And you see that it can't change easily. That it takes the power of God for somebody to change. Yes. Many people who are married and have experienced changes, they find out that the changes, if it's a good change, did not come from talking. But somehow the person seemed to just change on his own, I mean, for whatever reason. But it's not that like, the word of God meeting, you do this, do this, do this. The word of God says, oh. Then you are new. It's when you are new that you have a lot of meetings like that. But after some time, you realize that, except the Lord, except the Lord intervene, there will be no change. Nothing can change. That's, that is it. Then somehow on the person's own, through the power of God, the person changes. You know, the Bible says the heart of the king is in the hands of the Lord. What does it mean when it says the heart of the king is in the hands of the Lord? It means that there is something that is like only God can control. Yes. Proverbs 21 verse 1. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. And as rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. So God turns hearts. God turns hearts. And when you become experienced, you realize that God is the one who can change somebody. Yes. God is the one who can change somebody. You know, one day recently I was... I was I, was, I, I don't know where I was. I think I was praying. Then a thought came to my mind. Which that thought has not come to my mind for. Such a thought has not come to my mind for a long time. I mean a good thought about something good. Immediately I turned around. I felt ah, somebody is praying for me or on me. Like somebody is praying somewhere. That, that, thought, that thought came to my mind. Somebody is praying somewhere. Otherwise, that thought cannot come to my mind. I felt it. I felt that somebody, either person has already prayed or he's been praying. Yeah. The, the, the person's mind changes on their own. And you realize that it's not from anybody talking to anyone. So Paul said, my Galatians, I've been praying for you. Traveling that Christ who was Christ? The one who died on the cross. The one who gave up everything. The one who was obedient even to death. Such attitudes and such a personality will be formed in people. Only God can do it. Yes. Only God can do it. So when you are doing follow-up ministry and you are not into prayers, a church which doesn't pray, you can't just restrict your prayer to 21 days fasting. But prayers that people on their own change without too much talking. So out of follow-up is three steps to follow-up ministry. And you see it all in the 
book on the chapter of retention evangelism. And that is why the devil doesn't want the word in the church and wants to take away the word. Number two. Visits. Visitation. In Jeremiah 23, verse 2, he says, I am against the pastors because they have not visited the flock. You have not visited them. You have not visited them. Underline the word, I am against the pastors. Including lay pastors, including shepherds, but center leaders. Underline it against the pastors. Why? Because they have not visited them. Underline have not visited them. So following up, you see, it's a continuous process because conversion is often taking some weeks. Conversion often takes a few weeks. Sometimes it takes a few months for a person to be converted. And the conversion happens gradually. Me, I can't point to a day that I was converted. I can't point to a day. I can point to a period that I was converted. Not a day. I hope you never forget this for the rest of your life. Most people have a period of time where they were converted. But we may not say, on this day, I gave my life to Christ. Some too have that like Paul. How many can realize that you also had a period where you were converted? Raise your hand if you had like a period. It's like a change began and started continuing. Beautiful. Now, if a person is in his season of conversion, that is the season to follow up. So, so you are following up on the conversion of the person. And you are following and you are pushing what God is already doing. So when you pray for the person, then what God is doing, you are pushing it in the spirit. When you visit the person, you get what I'm saying? You are pushing what God is doing. God's agenda and you are pushing it has started and you are just pushing it on so many times when people are giving testimony sometimes you'll be wishing to hear hey, and when I gave my life to Christ and my whole life but usually you say I gave my life to Christ then I went back to the world then after that I came back to the church then after that I, I went back then I came again then I did this and you see that the person has started the process of conversion yes so follow up is where you see that the man you have acknowledged that the process of conversion has begun on these people, on this person and I am pushing God's agenda to the end that's follow up ministry you are pushing the season of conversion so that whatever God has started will come to a perfect completion that he who began a good work in you shall bring it to a perfect end is the conversion salvation salvation comes to people they are saved and they have to be visited and followed up and the change 
starts and you see that it goes. Sometimes a number of people are involved in the convention of a person. Yeah. So if you don't have a strong follow-up ministry, you cannot do well. And the follow-up ministry is the basis of a lot of ministry. Bishop Sam was the follow-up director. I think Dr. Ogo, were you also? I took over from him. Dr. Ogo took over from Bishop Sam. When when we we were all in one church. Yes. He was uh, Ishmael. Brother, brother Ishmael. And brother Ishmael was the follow-up director. He was the one, when souls come in, he organizes people. We are visiting this person. What's your name? Where's your house? Your name, what's your house? Then the team goes. Then you go to their houses. And you follow them up. And so that the season has begun. We are also on the ground. Troops are on the ground. Workers are on, on the ground. They are there to visit, to do this work. And continue the process. What a blessing. You cannot say you are saying, devote yourself to such activities. You must have a follow up ministry that is devoted to the season of conversion. It's a moment. Yes. Now, under the visit, we have three types of visits. IDL, which stands for identification and location visits. You see, you have to know the way. If, if you are, if you are, that's why, if you become too old, you can't do that. One day I saw a brother, he was about getting to a certain age. He said he's going to start a church. And I said, oh, well. The way we, I know how church is difficult and how you have to follow souls, deers, convert deers into goat, goat into sheep and be chasing people during the season of conversion. I wonder. And his church, it, was, it, was, it remained a small church till he died. And then uh, it was just in a corridor. It's not easy. The work of God is for young people from 25 to 50. Yes. And those over 50 who are allowed to do the work of God is, is the grace. Like as I'm here preaching, it's extra time. I'm just preaching in extra time. Yes. Unless you can be converted and do accept demotion back to a lower age and then restart. Yes. Ministry is hard work. Now, now we have technology where you can pin a location. Through Google Maps, you can pin somebody's location and I know how to come to you. I don't need to say when I pass the gutter, I'll pass here, I'll pass here. Even in Ghana, everywhere there's a location. Yes. And Google Maps, if, if you are coming, let's say you are coming from uh, Accra and you are coming here, it shows the traffic at each traffic light. It will show you. If you, if you go into your Google Maps, you'll see. It can show you even where to avoid. Alternative routes and where the traffic. And where is traffic? It's red or brown. And how long you will stay? You just, you just send a location. I'm here. Turn here. And then I'm coming to visit. So identification and location visit will turn into an identification and location meeting. 
where I meet with you so you tell me your location and I can come to your house. Huh? What do you think? Yes. Then after that, we have the, what we call the whelp visit. When you go to visit somebody, you share the word, you encourage, you love the person, and you pray. W-E-L-P. Well, these are my teachings. I am an apostle, and these are my teachings. These are the apostles' teachings. Yes. You must be devoted to these teachings. You must have a follow-up ministry. Yes. And, and everybody can follow up. You see, now there are even ways to make you can even tell the person who you are following up, I will send an Uber for you. Yeah. An Uber is coming. And then as you speak to the person, has the Uber arrived? It has changed. But it's still working. Now, when you go to visit, you must always you can't go and sit and talk about Ayawaso Wugon elections. That's not why you are going on follow up. No way. You can't talk about free SHS double track. Is that why you are going to talk about double track? Or men's gold? No, you are not there to talk of men's gold. You are there to mention the word. W-E-L-P. Welp. W for word. E for encouraging. You have to encourage the person. By the time you come, maybe he has already fallen. He has already fallen. Since Sunday till Wednesday. He has fallen already. Yes. The girlfriend came on Monday. Satan inspired the boyfriend to call on Monday. Old boyfriend that you have not seen for one year. He has come for refresher course. Huh? So you have to encourage the person that he shouldn't worry at all. But Satan is defeated in the name of Jesus. So the follow up is W with the word. Not Ayawaso Wugon elections. But the word scriptures. Stay with the word. Stay with scriptures. Open your Bible. Use your phone Bible. Use your iPad Bible. Use your actual Bible. Holy Bible. And quote a scripture. First Corinthians 15, 58. Be encouraged. Be steadfast. Unmovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Yes. Then you encourage the person. You tell the person that me too, when I gave my life to Christ, the same thing happened to me. Yes, the same thing happened to me. By the grace of God, I overcame. Maybe you go to the person's room, he's smoking. He says, yeah, me too, I was also a smoker. Or you tell the person about another smoker who got saved just like you. Yes. 
You know, one day I, I saw a, a brother there. The things were still on him. The sins and all the problems. So I told him, brother, when a tree dies, the leaves fall off. But it, sometimes it takes time, but you see that they are all coming up. But right now, the tree is dead. You are, you are now born again. So with time, all these things will come up. Don't, don't have to worry at all. You come to church. There are smokers also in the church. You come. This is a, a wealth visit. Word, you share the word. Those of you who don't have word, when somebody quotes the scripture, you'll be giving the person fans. It's a sign that you don't know scripture. Because scripture is supposed to be part of your normal conversation. So when somebody quotes the scripture, you say, hey, it shows that you are not into the word. You are not into the word. Yeah. If you were into the word, you would not be giving fans because it's like normal talking. It's like if I start to speak slangs, Hi, brother. Glory to God. God is going to... Then you start to give... Uh, yeah, because it's not normal. It's not normal with me. That's not how I speak. So how can it be that when somebody quotes a scripture, it's, uh, it's like, it's not normal. When two Christians meet and you don't quote scriptures, you have missed the point. Write it down. Write it down. I say, when two Christians meet and they don't quote scriptures, they have missed the point. When two Christians meet and they don't quote scriptures, they have missed the point. The point of points. You must have scriptures. You know, one day I met a, a pastor and I was uh, with, I happened to be, I was stuck with him for about an hour or two in a certain circumstance. So we're there. And I was just sharing a few things. Later, he went and told someone, hey, this bishop that if you go with him, he'll be preaching to you all the time. He said, oh. I was so surprised. That is my normal conversation. So I realized that not even pastors don't usually quote scriptures as part of their normal conversation. But my spiritual mother, Betty, she told me that everything you have to say, what verse is that? That's the question you have to ask. What verse is that? The thing you are doing, what verse is it? What verse is that? What, what verse are you using to, to do this? Tell somebody, anything somebody is bringing up, you ask, what verse is that? Uh. What verse is that? They say you should go to nightclub. You say, what verse is that? And they say you shouldn't go to nightclub. You say, what verse is that? Then, you love the person. You show the person that you are interested in the person. The person has to feel love. Not that, uh, my pastor said I should come here, so that's why I've come. Abba! I've been sent. You know, we have a list, so it's my duty to come here. So I've come here, and so on. You are number seven. Today is your ten. I have 18 people and you are number seven. (laughs) Church members, mega church 
fanatics, you must be into follow-up. IDL visit, whelp visit. You love them. You look at the person and you ask, are you okay? Are you, have you eaten? Everything okay? Everything okay? Look, I watched a film once. Terrorists had hijacked a plane. And the terrorist had wild hair with an AK-47 in the plane. He was what? Sit down. Hello. Sit down. Everybody was afraid. They covered their head. Then the terrorist saw a pregnant lady. The one who was shot. Hey, sit up. Everybody was afraid. When he saw the pregnant lady, he went to the lady and said, Okay, everything? Okay, everything? All right? You okay? You all right? A terrorist was showing love. Terrorist was showing love. Yes. If a terrorist can show love, how much more a pastor or a shepherd or a visitor? Eh? I was surprised at the terrorist. He was rather showing love to the pregnant lady. Okay, everything? Alright? Everything okay? Even a terrorist is showing love. And how much more a wealth visitor? You are sharing the word encouraging, showing love. Not telling them that it's a list. And I've come on the list. It's your turn. Are you still around? Yes. And then P, prayer. You will never know how much people want you to pray. Yes. Just pray for people always. Always pray. And God is going to bless. Amen. And finally, Abba visit. Anakazo, Biazo, Anadea. Shameless attitude. You may have to go to the house and bring the person to the church. When you go, the person will say, Ah, there's no water today, so having bath. So, no problem, I will go and fetch water for you. When you come, the person will say, There's, there's no light, so I couldn't iron my things. He said, Oh, I have a shirt in my bag for you. And the person will say, I'm feeling weak. I have a panadol here. Then the person will say, I'm feeling dizzy. I have to eat and uh, I don't have any food. The person will say, I'm going to buy spaghetti for you. Indomie. Then after that, the person will say, What? No shoes. My shoe, I've taken to the shoemaker. <laughs> and then you say, ah, I have one in the bag. Then you bring out everything the person needs until there is no reason. You are shameless. And the person will think, what are you getting from bringing me to church? 
Are they giving you money to bring me to church or what? Am I going to be pay, are you going to be paid when 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 you arrive with the person? No. You are not being paid. You love God. Do you love me? If you love me, feed my sheep. Do you feel love for me? Look after my sheep. Yes. Pastors, I want to encourage you to sit down with your whole church and teach them what I am teaching you. Be devoted to these teachings. People do what they are taught to do. Most, most of the great, even political leaders, they were teachers or inspirers with speeches. Yes. You take Adolf Hitler. One day my mother came to my house. I was watching uh, something with Hitler. She said, if I, I should please turn it on. I said, oh, why? She said, the voice. She doesn't like the voice. Because she, my mother was born during the, the war. And he, he, he was always giving speeches. He was not a leader who doesn't talk. He gives speeches and explains why Germany is down. German must rise up. We are going to do this. We are going to do this. We don't do this. We love peace. We don't want... I mean, he was like teaching and talking. In fact, he, he joined the party. He was told that the party had only about 10 members and he joined them. But when they saw how he could speak, you know, they made him the leader. Wow. Yes. Wow. So it was his speaking and talking that he convinced the German people that all that he was doing was good, although it was madness, but the talking, you see, talking convinces people. Yeah. Talking, that's why the devil takes away the word, because it's like, if you, if you say to people, wealth visit, if you teach them Abba visit, if you teach them idea, if you teach them retention evangelism, they will do it. They will do it. So he doesn't want you to teach anybody to do it. He wants you to stay in your small church, church never working. These things, it's like, Take the word out of the system so that you just have a church like by osmosis. But these are the things that are the foundations of the church and the apostles' teaching, which we must be devoted. We must like it. We must believe in it. I'm standing here teaching you these things to people that have heard it before. So you must also grow in your devotion to these materials and not think that oh, I know, I know this, and you know, you don't know, you don't know NATO. believe that, you know, if we are devoted to these teachings, people will do it. When I look at my young people, they're going out, bringing people, going, you think that they are being paid. They're not being paid. Not just the young people, all through the years, people who have been doing this work without pay, they work with all their heart. People said, I can't can't get people to do it. You can't get because you didn't teach them. That's why I say that whether it's Fidel Castro, whether it's when the political people, when they are also teachers and talkers, they have a stronger hold. Like in our country, I don't know if there's any politician who is, who is like that now, but I don't know whether Kwame Nkrumah was like that. He had Kwame Nkrumah ideology, ideological institute, and he was teaching things. I think the current people, I don't think they, they teach, they are teaching anything in particular. Communistly, they, they teach things. Yes, Rollins was talking, yes. He was always talking and explaining things. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I don't remember so much of his teachings, but 
the, 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 the reality is that those who talk, they, they have people to. And if Rollins was a talker, then it explains because he came from outside. No one would have accepted him. But it's like he got a strong following. Yeah. Yes. And still very popular. Probably would win an election if he was to stand today. Yeah. How many would vote for him? Hmm. Yeah, you people. going to become talkers, 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 talkers. Talk, 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 talk. You see, I am leading a big church and you can see that I'm talking, 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 talking. Yes. It has an effect. Amen. Now, do you know where I learned follow-up? I learned follow-up from a man called Uncle James. Yes. Uncle James told me one day, he, he was also my physics teacher. He taught me physics. He was not the official physics teacher, but I used to go to his house and he was teaching me physics. So one day whilst we were, I was in the house sitting at the table with him. Then he started to talk to me about follow-up ministry. And he told me that the chicken farm had this number of beds and they monitored, then he showed me the graph. This is the population. Then it went up like this, high. The number of beds in the farm increased. And he said, do you know what was the reason why the number of beds increased so much? He said it was because of the medicines and the things that they started to give to the chickens so that the chickens stopped dying. And he said that, so that's what really increases the population is to prevent people from chickens from dying. And he said, population of the F, he showed me, then he showed me the graph. The F population was around the same. Since Jesus came, it's been around the same. But from 1900, there was a medical revolution. And then people stopped dying. Most of us would have been dead. Most of us would not have even been 15 years old. Malaria would have wiped you out. Yes. But through the medical revolution, they invented drugs and things that kill, that prevented people. You know, um, the plague, there was a disease called the plague. It came to, the, to Europe in the um, 14th century, around that time. And it killed, they estimate one third of all Europeans were killed by that disease. And do you know what cures it? Augmenting. But there was nothing like uh, ampicillin or augmenting. Only that small that would have wiped it out. One pope, he was, I think the pope, in, he was in France or somewhere. Or, or either a pope or a bishop. I mean, everybody was dying. So he made a fire round where he was. And he sat in the middle of the fire. To, it was like a protection. You don't know. Everybody was dying. So he made a fire and he sat inside the middle of the fire as a a protection from the plague. He said that anybody who gets it 
dies. And those who look after the person die. And those who go and bury the person who die, get it. It's just like Ebola. Yes. Even some of the uh, nursery rhymes that we have, they came from that play. Ringa, ringa, roses. Pocket full of roses. A tissue, a tissue that, and we all fall down. The tissue, tissue, is like you sneeze, <coughs> then you, you die. Yes. You don't know these things. Yes. A tissue, a tissue, and we all fall down. It came from the, it came from the plague. It was, it was uh, a nursery rhyme that came out of that season where they, the children were playing about what happened. That you, you make a ring of roses, you play around it, then somebody sneezes. Tissue, tissue, then everybody dies. Yes. That's where it came from. So it's like people die in droves. They were dying in droves. Yes. Till the invention of follow-up ministry or preventing people from leaving the church when they come and they give their lives. Just augmenting or appeasing. Penicillin. Small thing. Prevented from people. And then the population of Europe started to go up. And the population of Africa started to go up. And the whole world. Just invention. So the population of the church is going to go like this. When we can follow up and prevent people who have given their life to Christ from falling away. The population is going to start going up higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. So that is why you don't have to allow people to walk away. When somebody is offended and all that, you have to work on it. Try. Don't say, let them go. They should be foolish. Whatever. There's no foolish person. You have to fight. There are members. So I, I remember one person. The person left the church. One year later, I was on the person. I said, come back. I'm your father. I, I deployed all my cars. I said, I'm your father. I said, come back. This is your house. You can't leave. Although she had already left. I said, you can't leave. Because I've, I've never given up. Even up to now, I don't give up. Yeah, you don't have to give up. Yeah. Don't allow a tissue, a tissue, or fall down. Nobody's falling down in Jesus' name. So, follow up ministry, retention, that's we retain the people that we evangelize. That is the mission of the mega church. Stand to your feet, everybody.